Hey, what's going on, True Life Church? Dino Rizzo here at ARC, Association Related Churches. We're a church planning organization, and we love True Life. And I'm here in Birmingham, and we're just so grateful to be a part of what God is doing. Thanks so much for letting me be a part of this and come to you in this format. We're here in our studio, but our heart is towards you, and we love your church, and thank God for your generosity, your serve, and all you do to help pastors. Your church helps a lot of pastors in the art world. So thanks a lot for letting me communicate to you. You know, I'm grateful for your pastors, Pastors Michael and, and Amanda. They've been friends and and you know, it's an amazing thing when God gives you a gift of a pastor and God gives you leaders. You know, these are uncertain times. I don't have to tell you that. All that you're navigating as a family, a single mom, and all things going on in your life as a maybe an elderly couple or a college student. And so you know that these are uh, uncertain times. These are times where uh, things seem fragile. But I thank God for a certain voice. I thank God for certain leaders like your pastors where generosity is a priority right now. These are, these are days that we serve small, which is a big difference. And you're doing that as a church. You've been reaching out to people. I've been noticing all the different ways that you're helping people around you. And that's just who you are. You've been that from the beginning uh, as a church. And I've watched you uh, uh, as, as someone who is a fan of True Life and loves your pastors. So thanks a lot. And I can tell you this about your pastors. They love God and they love you and they love people. That's what it's all about. And they help us here plant churches. They're one of the ones who help coordinate and help others connect. We've had so many church planters that are walking through things right now. and Other churches that are trying to figure things out. And you've been a blessing to them. So it's an honor to share with you for a few minutes, uh, even in this context. I know we're here again. Nobody's here. I'm just, I'm having to amen myself. And, uh, but we're just grateful. Uh, I, I get to serve here. I pastored a church in Louisiana for 20 years. My wife and I, Delenn, we've been married, uh, goodness, 32 years. And, uh, and, and our, we, our, our family, the Rizzo family, loves uh, your family. And so we've been serving and now we're here in Birmingham. And so it's an honor to look into God's word. I know you've been in a series, uh, Peace in the Middle of a Storm. Peace in the Middle of a Storm. What a great thought. Peace in the Middle of a Storm. I want to come alongside of that because uh, sometimes it's hard when we're in a storm or when we're dealing with adversity. And there is so much adversity right now where we don't know about our job. We don't know about the future. We're trying to figure out homeschool. We're trying to sort through what will the fall look like? All these different things that are going on. And so often when we're facing adversity, uh, if we're not careful, all, it gets all of our attention. We put our attention on the adversity. We put our attention on the wind and on the wave. But I want to communicate to you today that even in the midst of a storm, there is peace. And I want to talk for a few minutes out of one of my favorite miracles in the Bible. It's found in the book of Luke. And I think it will speak peace into our storm. I want to talk for a few minutes around the idea of when life meets death. When life meets death. Uh, let's pray true life. Father, I, I thank you for uh, the church and I thank you for the people. I thank you for all those who have joined us on a computer, on their phone, at home with their family, or maybe they're watching from a hospital, a nursing home. Lord, I just thank you for the heart of this house. I thank you for our pastors. Bless Michael and Amanda today. Love them. Thank you for their leadership uh, during this time. And Lord, I pray you'd speak to us. Help us to realize that uh, it, on all of the, all the pathways of our life, uh, you can meet us and there's a change. We love you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me read to you in the book of Luke. Luke chapter uh, 7, verse 11 through 17. I'll read a few verses to you again. One of my favorite 
Luke's one of my favorite books in the Bible because it's so full of details. And uh, my wife is a detailed girl. She's, we've been going to the store a bunch here, of course, practicing social distance. We've got our kids at home with us. And she sends me a list. They're deep. And my daughter's like her now. She's detailed. But I, uh, I, I write one thing on my list. It just says food. That's all I write. I'm just general. Luke's detail. says this in verse 11. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain. Nain was a small town. Nain was one of those cities, one red light. You don't, go to, you don't go to Nain. You don't go through Nain to go nowhere. Nain is out of the way. But Jesus wakes up that morning and decides, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. We're going to Nain. I don't even know if he told them that because I'm sure the disciples would have debated and said, man, there's no sightseeing, ain't no water slide, there's no good restaurant. Why would we go there? But it's not the, the city he's going to. It's a person, always about a person. It says, a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out. That's unexpected. The only son of his mother. And then listen to this. She was a widow. So she's not only experienced death one time, it's twice. She's had death twice. Touch her heart, touch her life. It says, and a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her. I love that. His heart goes out to hurting people. Uh, there's, he is, there's no one closer that Jesus is closer to than someone in pain. His heart goes out to her and he said, don't cry. Then he went up, touched the bear. They were carrying him on the coffin and the pallbearer stood still. And he said this, young man, I say to you, get up. It, Jesus, I wonder if people around were thinking, who's he talking to? He was talking to someone. He, he, he knew that that young man heard him. Young man, get up. The dead man sat up, began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. What a gift. Gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe. They praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. Watch this. God has come to help his people. Don't you love that statement? I can just run around this studio thinking about God has come to help his people. Life meets death. God has come to help his people. Tells us that the news about Jesus spread abroad. I love that story. It's one of my favorite miracles. It gives us peace in the storm of uncertainty. Peace in the storm of the unexpected. Peace in the storm of my worst day. That's what happened when Jesus encountered this precious lady. And my prayers, that's what's happening as he encounters you and I, you know, when I, I, I came to Christ, I wasn't raised in church and, and got saved, got fired up and went to Bible college and wanted to do this, wanted to do ministry, wanted to serve people like you serve people and had a heart like your pastor. I just want to make a difference for the glory of God. So I jumped right into youth pastoring and to, and to student pastor. I was student leader. I loved, oh, I love students. I, I wanted to do students. I still love it to this day. I did not want to do any adulting. No, no adulting for me. No, I want to grow up. I want Sundays. I want to deal with all that. I want to do kids, lock-ins, basketball tournaments, preach, uh, youth group on Wednesday night. That's what I wanted to do. And I did, my wife and I, we were young. I was 24. She was 19 years old. We just got married. So that's what we did. We did youth ministry. I loved it. 
But then the second year, some things changed. We had some dynamics at our church change, and all of a sudden, I had to start doing other things. Move my offices to where the grown-ups were. We were down there playing Nerf basketball. Had to go up there and act right. Had to start doing hospital visits. I'd never done that in my life. Just, you know, praying with people. Quiet. Good to see you. God bless you. God bless you. All these things. Uh, and then what happened is I did my first funeral. And it was an unexpected day. It was an unexpected tragedy in a family. Uh, a family had moved to our church and two daughters went to our youth group. My wife was close to them and the husband was a good man. And he passed away one night, a tragic heart attack. And so we did the memorial service. At the memorial service, pastor looked at me and said, I can't go up to this. We were going to go, go up about three hours. I was pastoring, youth pastoring in Baton Rouge. We were going to go up about three hours from there in the middle of nowhere. He said, I can't go up there. I've got to do services tonight. You go up there and do that funeral. I'd never done a funeral. That was so unexpected. That was so, that was such a surprise. The anxiety just shot up. The, 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 the panic. I just, immediate panic attack. I, what if? I've never done this before. I'm not prepared. I, 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 I have no practice. I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm not going to stand in the right place. All these things. And I remember getting in that vehicle, going up there, doing that funeral. It was grief and so many things went on. I, I felt unprepared. I felt, un, uh, I, I felt uncertain. And I, I thought about that recently because th- these days kind of feel like that. People, have, people have, have, have lost their life. People have been sick. Uh, people have been vulnerable. They've been uncertain. They've been unexpected. We, we've all had anxiety. We've all had uh, maybe a few panic attacks. We've all ha- had to deal with things we've never done before. We've had to do things we've never done before. And, and into that world in Luke chapter 7, Jesus steps into. And into our world, Jesus steps into. Jesus steps into that world that morning. Life meets death. Hope meets hurt. Calm meets chaos. Peace in the midst of a storm. A calmness came into a storm of hurt. So many things about this story. I always see it like it's a window. And I, I look at the, the encounter that Jesus has with this precious lady. But really I look at it because it's an encounter he wants to have with you and I. It's a window to our soul. It's a window into our current world. It's like a window into COVID-19. Because we've, we're walking and we're navigating. And sometimes we feel like we're walking in a maze right now. and We don't know where this road's going to lead and where this pathway's going to go. And we don't know what's going to happen at the next intersection or at, at the next crossroad. And that woman, as she left that home that morning, went to take her baby boy out there to bury him. She had already experienced it with her husband. She had no idea what, what the future held. But Jesus did. And I don't believe Jesus just went out for a walk. I've been taking a lot of walks. My wife told me today, she said, I think we've walked more than we've ever walked in our life uh, since we've been married. I don't think Jesus was out getting steps. I don't think he had his Apple watch and he's, he's counting steps and trying to get his steps in. Jesus knew where he was going. I, I wrote this in my journal. Uh, Jesus uh, knew exactly. His, he had a planned meeting that morning. Not just, it didn't happen by chance. He knew every step, every speck. There was no guesswork. He knew exactly what was going to happen. Life meets death. Hey, remember, God has come to help his people. God has come to help you. And it's the Son of God. Uh, and and it's, the, it's, the, it's, it's our Savior that's full of compassion. I think this is one of the most compassionate 
stories. The Bible says that Jesus saw her. He knew every single thing she'd been through. He knew when she lost her husband. He knew when that son got sick. He knew when all the, he knew all these things. He saw her and his heart went, I love that. His heart went out to her and he said, don't cry. The tears of that woman moved her. We're not even sure if she knew who he was. He, she didn't even ask him for anything. She didn't have to because he had a deep well of compassion that because of what she was going through, because of what she was facing, the, the compassion of God just overflowed into her. And, and Jesus is a, is a, he's a compassionate God. I like that word compassion. I think it's one of the reasons why as a church you serve, as you care about your neighbors, you Think about the elderly. Maybe there's a widow. Maybe there's a single mom. Maybe there's someone right now who's just having a tough time. We, we have compassion. I, I wrote this down as a, as a new uh, definition of compassion. It means your pain in my heart. Not, not all my pain. I'm going to leave a little room in my heart for your pain. I'm going to leave a little room in my heart for what you're going through. I'm going to leave a little room, in, 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 even though my pathway's rough and maybe I, I don't know all of my crossroads. I'm going to leave a little room in, in the crossroads of my life for your crossroad, for your, for your question, for your uncertainty. It's compassionate. And I pray that God, I, my prayer is that through all this, that God would move us with compassion and that, that out of our life will, will come his life and that his life will meet the, the heartaches and the hurt. Because maybe there are people around us that they've experienced a type of death. Maybe there's been a death of a job. Maybe there's been a death of a dream. Maybe there's been a death of a graduation. Or a, maybe there's something that there's been, something has died. Uh, it, it, some dream, some opportunity. Something is gone. It's not there anymore. What I thought was going to happen is not there. And what I hope was going to happen is not there. What about this? Something or someone is missing. Someone's missing now. Maybe something is missing. And there's something missing out of my life. There's something missing now because of all this. But God has come to help his people. Life meets death. I wrote down some things because I want to give you some application. I know that's important to you as a church. And you got a church who teaches and some of you are chatting right now and you're chatting about this and you want to learn some things. In a few moments, we're going to help you make that next step. There's going to be an opportunity right there to click that button, to raise your hand, say yes to Jesus Christ. Why? Because we're doing everything we can to connect with you. We're doing everything we can to inject hope, everything we can to, to spill over faith and, and to love you. And that's what these formats are for. And here we are, but we're, we're communicating God's word. But I want to give you some application. And I, I want some of this to marinate in each of our hearts. And so you said, well, how do I live that way? How do I live in a way where I'm believing that God's calm is going to meet my chaos and, and God's going to help me and life is going to meet death. And, and I'm going to live from an, uh, kind of a place of where uh, uh, God has come to help his people. I'm going to live that way. I'm going to think that way when, when all these other things are, I'm, I'm bombarded by all these other things. So I believe there's true life that God has come to help. Here's the four applications I wrote down. Here's the first thing. How does it happen? It's God's word. This word. Say, so what does it mean? I think we need a fresh word every day. I need a fresh word every day with all the things that are happening around us. Oh, I need a fresh word. I, I, can't, I can't go on something. I can't live on somebody else's borrowed idea. 
I, I, I need a fresh, so every day I'm trying to get a fresh word. So when I came to church, I wouldn't have done what that meant. What's a fresh word? You know, is that fresh bread? Is that a, you know, what, what are we talking about? Fresh, fresh word. It's where I get something out of this book. I go online. I, I go into an app. I get on Facebook. I, I get a word. I get a scripture. I get a verse. And I hang it on the hook of my heart every day. Every day I make sure that I've got something that I'm hanging on my heart. Because I can't let anything get on the throne of my heart. I can't let anything else be first place. Because there's just too many things. I get a fresh word where it speaks uh, to the darkness. It speaks to the guilt. Speaks to the sin. Speaks to the fear. Speaks to the, to the uncertainty. It speaks to the unknown. A fresh word. Get in God's word. Go on a social media platform. Hear from your pastor. Uh, log into to an opportunity like you're doing here. Faithful to him. Get a word from God. I'm not going to operate on my words. I'm not going to operate from the words of outside. I'm going to operate on God's word. It's one of the ways that you move from uh, death to life. It's, it's, it's one of the ways that it changes your intersection. Uh, in your, here's the second thing is worship. You know I was going to say that. It's the word in worship. Uh, you've, you've experienced worship uh, what, a, what a creative way. We can't meet in our buildings. We can't go here. We can't go there. The team works hard to create a worship environment where you can uh, be encouraged. And, and I, I mean lean into the worship, not just, you know, not just kind of hum along. Talk about lean. I've been having to do that. And so I, on the way here today, I, I, I listened to a worship. I leaned in. My, my, my wife is a worship leader. When I met her, she was a worship leader. And all these years, She's a phenomenal worship leader. And sometimes I, I, I tell her, hey, can I have some private worship leading? Can you, can you give me a little private worship set? The other day she sang to me. We were sitting by each other. It is well with my soul. My, 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 my. I just, mm, I, I, and, and, and it wasn't well with my soul. But as I began to worship, um, it became well with my soul. And so I want to encourage you that one of the ways we move from life to death, one of the ways we find peace in the storm we don't put all our attention on the adversity, the wind and the way, is worship. Keep our eyes on Jesus, the word, worship. Here's the third thing that is application for you and I, and maybe you're writing these down there in your journal at home or you're making a note, is just the family of God, the church. This, this family, this, this family. Just being connected. I don't know where I'd be today if when I showed up in church at 18 years old, I was raised in a little city in South Carolina called Myrtle Beach, and I didn't know nothing. We did not go to church. And I showed up in church. I would not be here today if it wasn't for a small group. If it wasn't for some people who, who cared for me, who accepted me, who worked with me with all of my issues. My issues, my issues had a line of issues behind them. And so, you know, thank God for a family. Thank God for a church. Thank God that uh, there was a community to connect to right here on this online community. Right now, being able to chat. Right now, being able to be connected through this technology. Being a part of a Zoom small group. Uh, reaching people through even these quarantine ways. Just being a part of the family of God. Would not be here today speaking to you if it wasn't for a small group, a church, a family. Because I had stuff going on. And I need a little help. And isolation wouldn't get me anywhere. Me, myself, and I was not helping me. So thank God. Can I encourage you? One of the ways we move from life to death, we find peace in the middle of the storm, is we, the word, worship, and just family. You just connect with other people. We need an anchor, and sometimes that anchor is just the family of God. 
And then the, the fourth thing I'll finish with this is uh, just, and I'll just say it the way I got it, just in your serving and your giving. In your serving and your giving. I have never, how can I say, I have never out-selfished my way out of a problem. I have never gotten out of a problem when I just said, I'm going to be about me, me, me. No, 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 no. I've never found victory. I've never found freedom. I've never found help living in Meville. It always happens when I move out of Meville and I begin to think about others. When I go from me to we. And we can do that even during this time. I want to encourage you. Be faithful in your giving. Let's be faithful in our tithe. Be faithful in our offering. I'll say it because... Uh, my life has been marked by generosity. Uh, it, it's just, I, 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 look, I don't think there's ever a time that my wife and I, we've been faithful in the tithe, putting God first in our finances, giving, making sure that we are priority, God is priority in our giving, and we are consistent in our giving. Even during the hard times, even during the uncertain moments of our life, we have been faithful. I do not look back on our life. I do not look back on the road or the pathway and regret ever Anything that I've given for the cause of Jesus Christ. I got some other regrets, but that's not one of them. And as I lead my life through the intersection and to one crossroad to another with my family and my kids, I want to lead it through serving and generosity. Because you can't quarantine generosity. Ain't a pandemic that could stop serving. So I want to encourage you that one of the ways that you and I find peace in the storm is when I begin to put my shoulder up under somebody else's storm. I, I, there's been times I've had fear and problems and panic and anxiety, uncertainty, and me absorbing, marinating myself, ruminating myself, worrying myself in those things. Never got me out of it. Never got me out of that boat. But when I put my, my shoulder up under somebody else's load, it's amazing how maybe my, my, the wind and the wave didn't change, but my perspective changed. I took my eyes off myself. I took my eyes off of all the surrounding things. I put my eyes on Jesus. I want to encourage you, be faithful, even right now, to serve and to be generous to others. Others, others, others. We've been blessed, you know what, to be a blessing. Even during Corona, I mean, COVID-19, whatever you want to call it, a pandemic, we've been blessed to be a blessing. And I know as a church, in your pastor's heart, is let's keep blessing others, blessing people. So we move from life to death. It's through the word, it's through worship, it's through the family of God, and it's through serving and giving. You know, the other day I went through something where I was having one of them Dino days. I bet you don't have them up there in, in New England. You don't have the Dino days. But you, but you have Roger days, and you have Rebecca days, and you have Jose days. But I was having a Dino day. Thinking about myself, my money, my job, my future, my bills, my plans, my, key, uh, my me, 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 me. And I was going through Starbucks getting an order, and I, um, I forgot what I was ordering. I, didn't, I don't remember anything. I don't remember the order. I don't remember talking to a person. I just pulled up, put my truck in park, stopped right where I was at, blocking the drive through A minute later, someone knocked, knocked on my window. I startled me. I looked. And I said, I rolled my window down. Who are you? He said, man, you're blocking the drive through People can't get by. And I looked around and people blowing the horn at me. And, and I, I pulled up a little bit, had my window rolled down. I said, who are you? I said, do you work for Starbucks? He said, no. He said, I'm homeless. He said, I'm trying to find a bus stop. And I don't know where I'm at. Never been on this side of town. And I thought, oh, so where are you going? He said, down to the, he mentioned the shelter. I know where it's at. We have a dream center there. We do outreach like you do. 
and uh, we care for people, do our best to serve broken humanity. And I said, man, jump up in my truck. I'm going to run you down there. Now, I'm not an advocate. Let people up in your vehicle and, uh, that you don't know. Don't, don't do that. But he's a small guy. I'm a double X. I'm a big man. I ain't built like Michael, but I'm uh, Michael, but I'm, I'm all right. Michael looks good. Pastor Michael looks good. But I mean, I, I was all right. So he gets up in my truck and uh, we, we, we start heading down and we start talking. We're laughing and we're messing with each other. And I get him a little burger. I said, what's your name? He said, Benjamin. I said, Benjamin? It's in the Bible. I started saying, Benjamin, 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 just messing with him. He said, what's your name? I said, Dino. He said, man, that's in the Flintstones. And so he's messing with me and we pull up at the shelter and he goes in, he makes it in time. Got to pray with him and got to be with him just for a moment. And he walks in and he's walking in. What you think? He's walking in. I'm like, oh, thank you. Well, thank you that I was made a difference. Thank you. I was, I was so spiritual, so godly. I, I was just a captain of the of the ship of the gospel that we're selling. And the Lord just spoke to me and said, do you think you were the gift? I sent Benjamin to you to bring peace into your storm. He's the gift. He's bringing some calm into your chaos. He's bringing some life into your death. He's bringing some help into your hurt. Can I tell you something? God Almighty wants to use you. God wants you to know that he has come to help his people from life to death, peace in the storm. Let me pray with you. Father, I pray for every person today who's joined with us. Lord, I just pray you touch their heart. Let them know that there's peace in the storm. Maybe you're watching right now, you're participating. Maybe you're in the chat, but we want to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. So I'm going to pray for you as I pray for you. I'm going to ask you to, to just say this prayer from your heart. You may want to click on that opportunity right there. You can literally raise your hand and say, yes, I'm saying yes to Jesus. You can click right there and say, yes, I'm, I need a new beginning. I need a fresh start. Man, that, let it happen right now. And then our team's going to help you take those next steps. But let me pray for you. Father, I pray for every person watching. Maybe you're watching right now and you say, I need Jesus in my life. Say this. Say, dear Jesus, just repeat out of your heart. I invite you into my life. I invite you into my heart. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Just say this right now. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you that you've come to help me. Be my peace in my storm. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks a lot for being with us today.